Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker, and Alex is, um, well, international law is often just what the United States and Britain says that it is, but there are other countries with different perspectives, and we hope that he makes it back here uh, free of handcuffs. You know, he was sitting in the terminal. He's stuck in Japan right now. He was eating beans. At some point, I've said, yo, this guy Jin's eating beans, and he's waiting for his mom to fly out and pick him up because he's too embarrassed. <laughs> and Alex, we support you. You are valid, and I hope you come back safe. Anyway. Um, instead Please of do not watching... ask anyone at the embassy about Dr. Benjamin Ghazi. <laughs> I know you want to. If you're listening and you hear my voice... Please don't. If you call me and ask me to put in a good word for you, and you say they have a small brain because I didn't like the same Tom Cruise movies that you did, <laughs> oh, get used to those foreign prisons in Japan. I hear they're extra spicy. Yeah. I will tell them that you are a great person as long as you tell me how much you love The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy getting cane dipshit. <laughs> you hate oh, to boy. see it. So uh, we're actually not going to talk about Collateral. You'll see that in the title. We're not talking about Collateral. Oh God! Every single time I think about Collateral, I think about Collateral Beauty. That fucking movie. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Um, hey, you're welcome. <laughs> that was me specifically. <laughs> anyway, uh, instead, I don't even know how this started, but we were having a conversation, as one does, about the uh, the list the list of movies called "They Shoot Zombies, Don't They." It's a list of one thousand horror movies, ostensibly in order, but. At some point, the order just becomes, ah, it's a horror movie, we'll throw it on the list somewhere. Because there's no reason to put Friday the 13th above Hereditary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the dumbest fucking Man. thing I've seen this week. <laughs> that says a lot based on what I'm going to say. Uh, anyway, I've, I've seen a lot of movies. I've seen more movies than any other person that I know. And uh, but Parker's seen a lot more horror movies than I have. And we compare numbers. I think you're somewhere over 300. Yes. <sighs> Your favorite movie. It, it's it's up there. It has three in there. Um, but what becomes sort of tricky is I look at this, and when I started, I was over 185. And if I look at it now, I'm not going by what I have on Letterboxd, because that's not accurate. I now have over 201. Um, it's been a week. I know. I have a strategy like Bill Belichick here. Uh, anyway... I've seen so many horror movies. We decided we would set this entire episode about horror movies, or specifically the ones that are going to be on this list. So if it's not on the list, I probably didn't watch it. Uh, there, there are a couple on here that have nothing to do with horror. If you want, I can get this out of the way really quick. Sure. All right. I saw Road to, Road to Utopia. It's uh, another Bing Crosby and uh, Bob Hope movie. It's black and white. Actually. Ah, you got your racism in. Yeah, I'm proud of you. No, actually, I saved that for 1971's Sweet Sweet Back's Badass Song. Um, oh, no. 
Oh no! I would recommend not seeing this movie. This it's Deal. A, you know it's important to recognize that yeah this movie was very important for uh, you know, black cinema. It's also important to recognize this movie fucking blows. <laughs> this movie is fucking atrocious. The, you know what's the yeah, weirdest thing about this will. is first of all it's again it's like legitimately unwatchable. There's nothing good happens in it. It uh, the guy from uh, was it. What, Harvey Newman or Newton or the guy for the Black Panthers got killed. He loved it so much oh that God. he made you, whenever you joined the Black Panthers, you were required to watch it. That's the shittiest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Actually, it turns our, out I just love white people instead now. going to join our fun men's group. We're just going to have a great time hanging out with my pals. And now he's making me watch Sweet Sweetback's badass song. I'm not saying it's easy to be radicalized by a movie, but I've got a lot of YouTube videos about Captain Marvel I can show your way. A lot of cool regular dudes sitting in their cars. I don't know who Captain Marvel is. Has she ever been in a movie? I wouldn't know. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Alex, I will pay your fee. Just, you know, receive my text and tell me how many hours I have. <laughs> also, you know, stay safe in prison. Anyway. <laughs> Imagine trying to run the game of games from Japanese prison. Oh my god. He'd be he'd be like the, the Ichiban Don. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Don't put that idea in his head. Oh, no. I hope he didn't say that. what he's always dreamt of. <laughs> Some guy comes Yeah, prison's going great. Uh, moving up on the Bachelor board. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Alex. We support you. Uh, the, the only other one I saw is I saw um, Raiders of the Lost Ark in theaters with my darling dear sister. And you really see like... Why the... is he punching all the Nazis? <laughs> I don't know, sweetie. <laughs> you know, he doesn't... That's the, the thing about it. It's almost disappointing the amount of Nazis he doesn't punch in that movie. There's a lot of opportunities, and he doesn't... He should really just use that rocket launcher and just blow him up. All right? I was there. We were all ready for it. We're just like, pull the trigger. Come on. You can, he doesn't do it. But uh, That would make him the fascist, actually. I mean, it's... Have a good open-natured debate can get the best of opinion. Anyway, uh, you can kind of see, like, the best and worst of Hollywood in here. The best is in... This is a great movie. This is fantastic. As... Uh, Ted Wasanasa would say, it's super good. Uh, I, I really, really like this movie. <laughs> Where did that come from? I could I almost said it was super good. I was like, the only way I'm gonna say that is if I do a Ted Wasanasa voice. Indy, you will always be welcome at the Nine Rivers. <laughs> God, it is not appropriate to portray Arabs in this manner. Uh, <laughs> oh buddy, is it ever? You know what? Actually, I don't it's not really that bad because it portrays them as the good guys. And that's Kind of great compared to how they've been portrayed in the past. So, baby steps. Uh, it's always fun to watch that for someone for the first time because it's always that moment. They're like, "Wait, did he bang her when she was a teenager?" You're like, "Yeah, more or less." It was a different. Don't worry time. about it. He's a swashbuckling adventurer. It's fine. My sister. It was a different time. My sister was laughing really hard at like the lecture scene where the girl is blinking and has "Love You" written on her eyelids. Um, uh, my, one of my friends says I look like Harrison Ford. It's the nicest thing I've ever heard. Um, the other but Harrison Ford after he crashed the plane. Yeah, well, you know, debates are open. Uh, and the other one that uh, I I laugh hysterically. I do every single time I see it is when that guy's got that sword. He's just swinging around his body. It's just oh jeez. He just takes out his gun and shoots him. <laughs> One of the all-time best scenes. The best, the best is like learning like the the story behind it. Apparently, he had incredibly bad dysentery. It's just like, 
I want to just shoot him. And they're just like, that'd be a great idea. <laughs> Accidentally making an iconic scene that stands the test of time because you have the shits is such a power move. <laughs> My favorite thing about it is you can kind of see that Harrison Ford had a lot of John Carpenter in him. Because whenever he very clearly overdubs something, you can tell that he's very, clear, uh, very clearly overdubbing because he does not want to do this. <laughs> no, I already said it once. Yeah, every God, single time. It didn't is... pick up right. Yeah. Probably should fire your audio guy then. Uh, yeah, there's like a plane in the background. It might have to yell. All right, we're gonna have to go get the idol. Oh, what am I doing? I'm making it up as I go along. Harrison's cost a hundred sixty million dollars. Yeah, and yeah, you couldn't find a good boom mic. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> guess the movie's ruined. I will. <laughs> that being said, it's still excellent. I would say it might be. I mean, might be. It is the best written George Lucas movie, which, uh, low You don't clear. say. <laughs> what about Red Tails? Whoa. What oh, about, buddy. What about we'll Howard the Duck? <laughs> don't you leave him out of this. You've done enough this year. <laughs> it's, uh, so there's, it's got that going for it. It's also very well directed. It's got memorable characters, memorable lines, memorable moments. The problem is that I have a feeling that it also influenced Hollywood in a negative way. People saw how much money it made, right? And they kind of use like, oh, this is a movie that's sort of recreating this thing from the past what, and like updating it for our present sensibility. Why don't we do that? And it's awful. This is what leads to fucking The Phantom. Remember The Phantom? The, he's dressed, Billy Zane's dressed up in do purple. I ever. <laughs> we'll get to your recently watched. Future episode and you know I, I will not deny you. I can actually do that one. <laughs> and the other one is uh, that reminds me of is the fucking Johnny Depp movie. The Lone Ranger. It's, oh, Jesus wept. Some things, you it's okay to just leave them in the past, you know? Like, you're, you're not good at updating this stuff for our present sensibilities. And they, I'm they just, just so see tired that, of these know? iconic things from the past being remade. And, oh, Lion King comes out real soon, huh? Hey, Toy Story 4 is this week, huh? You gonna go see that in the new Child's Play? Asking for a friend. <laughs> At this point, I think I'd rather see the new Child's Play. And I really don't want to see the Child's Play because the trailer kind of freaked me out. <laughs> I bet the new Child's Play will be the best Child's Play movie. I'm going to draw I my I bet it will be it. infinitely watchable, but also I plan on finding out from my couch. That's fair. All right, uh, let's let's talk about what we watch. We don't need to do news or jerks of the week or anything. We already know who our jerks of the week are. Yeah, I, I want to have fun this episode. I want to talk I'll about give you Max Landis if you give me John Cusack. Anyway. Do you <laughs> love having it. You know what? We were vindicated before in hating John Cusack when he said he hated Con Air. Right? Him. He'd been staying canceled. Not, as far not as only concerned. hating Con Air, but also hating uh, his best movie, Better Off Dead. The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, sorry guys. I thought this was about Palestinians. Ah, <laughs> uh, did you though? Uh, it literally you just tweeted a picture of a giant Star of David and wrote Fall of the Money. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, 2019 is so cool. This well the only thing he has going in his defense is he also is incredibly stupid. He's got so much boomer energy going on. <laughs> he's not racist, he's just fucking stupid. <laughs> it's true. And as for Max Landis, uh, uh Google it. So I watched The House of the Devil, 1896, a silent oh. movie. Often considered the first horror movie. Uh, this is effectively a free check. This is three minutes long. 
Now, yeah. Parker, I assume you've seen this because, again, it's three minutes long. You can find it online. It's The name doesn't sound familiar, but I definitely watched a three-minute silent horror movie at some point. Yeah, it's by George Melier, which is uh, you know, that French guy who did like a trip to the moon. He was in okay, yeah, yeah, the movie Hugo. Yeah. It's okay, and I have to admit, like the effects that they were doing back in the literal 1800s, were they were so effective and you have to go there you know you have to do your best and i know they don't work by today's standards but you have to try to push the envelope as far as you can otherwise no one else is going to have the guts to do it so i respect that is it scary no so uh next one i watched was the innocence 1961 a very 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 british movie how british is it they don't even call her a nanny they call her a governess holy shit mum, papa (laughs) Uh, it's, it's kind of the, uh, it's kind of one of those movies where it's like, it's like the creepy kid thing, you know? And it doesn't really work on me. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really get that creeped out by kids. I've been teaching them for so long that I know how kids are. And, like, one of those kids is gonna kick open your door and say, just, just like they shit themselves or something. It's not really that creepy. <laughs> yeah, but, counterpoint creepy british kids <laughs> checkmate yeah but they're not even that creepy but the story I is mean, interesting there's always the fact that like i could drop this little kid right now i'll just drop kick this motherfucker right here and it's over well that's the thing is that you got the uh the lead actress who i believe was a deborah kerr uh, in the performance of her lifetime and uh she which she agreed with she said that was the best performance she ever gave which says a lot about her just you can tell that she's very protective of the kids and at one point, uh, you start to wonder, who's the real villain here? Is it the kids or is it her? Because it seems like she might actually be the one who's crazy. I remember really enjoying that movie. I did a double feature of that in The Haunting, and that was a powerful afternoon. We'll say, I think I prefer The Haunting uh, between oh, the yeah. two, if I have to compare them. And it's, I mean, how are you going to compare them? They're the very similar. <laughs> that long scene of them with the banging on the door outside it's so good uh, it's, you know the saddest thing about the haunting is you end up comparing it to the version with uh owen wilson no, no one else does we just have broken brains <laughs> I, how am i not supposed to everyone keeps mentioning oh yeah with Catherine zeta jones if you asked owen wilson like hey what'd you think of the haunting you'd be like oh i wasn't in that you're thinking of my brother <laughs> he has no memory of being in that movie oh, really creepy anyway uh, <laughs> with a lion wow stupid fucking movie i i do love the the original version of the haunting that movie does a lot of things very very well i it's nice seeing russ hamlin in something else too anyway it's very off-putting because i can't not see him as that which is weird because i only ever see him in uh, west side story but anyway the thing about the innocence there's a couple things to get me first of all i really like the story because if you pay attention there's like this undercurrent of oh this is kind of fucked up like there's a lot of like sexual repression in there uh, which you can tell from the Victorian setting. And this woman is, she is never explicitly said to be a virgin, but she seems virginal. And at one point they're told, yeah, there are these two servants and they were fucking in front of like everybody. <laughs> they were. That's like a critical plot point. Yeah, these kids might be haunted. And also they watch these two people bone down. I don't know. That might be why the devil's in and We can't possibly know for sure. And the idea that like, that like those people are inhabiting uh, the kids. That I think that's really interesting. And there's yeah, something I, with, that they do with the effect spooky. that I really like. So this woman is very clearly seeing things, and we as the audience are also seeing the things. Like as if like if we don't see them too, then how are we supposed to you know come on? 
But at one point, she sees a man's face in the window, and you're like, oh, maybe she's just, maybe it's a trick of the light, who knows? But you're very clearly seeing it. But you're still in that perspective of maybe she's one who's crazy, maybe it's all in her mind, something like that. But then the camera does something very important. The camera shifts to a different perspective. Behind the dude's head, that is a real head. That is a real guy. All of a sudden, it's changed. It's like, wait, he absolutely exists because he's 3D. <laughs> he, he has to be <laughs> real. And she's clearly not making this up. Everyone else is crazy. So now you're on her side again. So it, it's the camera work that really makes it as good as it is. It's a movie I'll definitely be watching more and more in my life. Yeah. I wish I remembered more of it, but I, much like you at one point a couple months ago, went hard on this list and watched a lot in a row. Oh, Jesus. And some things kind of got lost in the shuffle, but that went to the top of the... In about a month or two, I'm going to watch you again. Yeah, it's it's a good one. I'll recommend it. The one thing I don't like is that I went on Letterboxd and I, you know, put my rating on there. Someone described this movie as orgasmic. People. I mean... People. People. We have to stop using overly superfluous words to describe movies that are pretty good. The, the movie's pretty good. You don't have to say it's orgasmic. You don't have to say you beat off to this movie, okay? We live in a society. <laughs> a Victorian society. Like, it's there's nothing... It is perhaps the least sexiest movie I've ever seen. Like, I don't... It's an old virgin woman and two children... That's the entire movie. You know, that's my thing is that, like, I don't like uh, when you'll, you'll say, like, a new movie comes out. They call it a super sly, sexy thriller. It's not sexy. Don't describe movies as sexy unless they're really sexy. Because it's just Unless like... someone's looking at feet. Fuck <laughs> off. Because whenever they say, oh, it's a super sly, sexy thriller, at one point the woman takes off her dress and you can see her bra. Oh, big fucking deal. Oh my goodness. You know? I, I, I don't like it. I, they must have been filling their hats in the theaters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fucking gross. <laughs> we'll get to that later on. We sure will. Yeah. So the next one I... Oh boy. Oh, this shit. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Uh, I watched a movie called The Fall of the House of Usher. Do you know... I was going to watch that, but I ended up watching Audition, which was... That's a choice. A very different experience. Fall of the House of Usher is about 10 minutes long. So it's practically a free check. It's... Oh, wait, no. I was going to watch the the Vincent Price version. Oh. Oh, oh I watched the 1928 version, yeah. Well, then. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, I'll, I'm sure I'll get around to the Vincent Price version. So here's the thing. This actually kicks off... This actually kicks off a list of movies that... I won't get to it until I get to the next page. Oh my god. Uh, where it's a bunch of movies that are based on Edgar Allan Poe. So this is very clearly early cinema. And they're like, okay, early cinema, what should we make a movie about? Oh, we got all these great books, all these great stories. Okay, we're doing something for horror, who's a really great horror writer. Edgar Allan Poe, why not, right? Almost none of these have anything to do with the original source material. Uh, Fall of the House of Usher is, I guess, somewhat close, but I have to tell you... I really had trouble paying attention during this one. And I like silent movies. And this was towards the end of the silent era. But I couldn't really get into it. Similarly, I could not really get into the 1910 version of Frankenstein. Um, just didn't do it. Okay, good. It's not just me. It's like, all right, this is... these. It's pretty incredible this exists. I mean, just the fact that... There is a transformation exists. scene. And good yeah, for them. Is, it looks... I don't. I couldn't pull it off today. I don't know shit about film. Yeah. I don't know how they did it a hundred years ago. But also, yeah, I was two screening it and looking away. Like, yeah. oh, this is really all right. I'm gonna go over here. Yeah, it's totally fair. You know, I just, 
Two screens. Were you watching out. a horror movie on each screen? Oh my god. Dual wielding. <laughs> <laughs> no, why? Who would do that to win a bet that doesn't exist? There's no odds or stakes here. It's just pride oh, in our own self-destruction. Yeah, it's weird how we both have egos. Anyway, uh, it's you know what's my thing about uh, Frankenstein is that you've seen a lot of uh, different versions of him over the years. This version just doesn't grab you. I, you're always gonna think of the the Boris Karloff Van Helsing. <laughs> I just want you to live. <laughs> Teach you up because I know you're home. <laughs> Thank you. So I, every time I think about it, I laugh hysterically. <laughs> uh, speaking, he just of, wants to be a real boy. <laughs> speaking of other things that make me laugh hysterically, uh, everyone has seen the trip. Not everyone. Ten percent of the population has seen the trailer for. The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Crane. The, one of the forgotten Disney movies where we're just like, we don't really have a feature. What if we just slam these two fuckers together and just release it, right? Anyway, the uh, Ichabod scene, the Sleepy Hollow scene from that animated movie made this list. And it's only like 35 minutes long. So it's like, shit, I'll watch it. And, oh, who's the narrator and the singer and most of the male cast? Why, it's Bing Crosby. Anyways, oh, Jesus have to <laughs> have to like my good old New England guy here. You know, they're singing along about, oh, Mr. Ichabod, what's going on? I will say this. Bing Crosby is one of the best parts about this. Bing Crosby was one of the very first multimedia stars. And I, I really do like him as an actor and his comedic talent. And this is one of those things where he he's really good. So it shows that when he's not putting on blackface and brownface and redface and yellowface, and when he's not beating his kids, he's a really good narrator. So, you know, credit to him. Now, there is a problem, that, which this just goes to show how broken my brain is. There there are a couple songs in here. Not, not many, because it's only 35 minutes. Like, what are you going to do here? It's... Fewer songs than the Frozen short. It's uh, one of the songs towards the end. It's actually a fairly scary song if you actually listen to the lyrics about the Headless Horseman. And it's like, oh, he's going to get you. And it goes, dun, 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 the Headless Horseman or something like that. And I'm like, wait a second. What's that thing? Goes, dun, 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 dun. Where do I know that from? And I think and I think and I think. And it's literally the theme song to Don't Whiz on the Electric Fence. From uh, Ren and Stimpy. Oh, Jesus. Your brain has been in overdrive. <laughs> My brain is the theoretical hamster on a hamster wheel where the heart explodes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so enough about animal cruelty. Let's get on to human cruelty. Uh, there's a short... Eh, debatable whether it's a short. I don't know what counts as a short. I think the Academy defines a short as anything under 40 minutes. So if you go over that... <laughs> or under 5 feet. <laughs> <laughs> under 6 feet. Anyway, I watched one called... Wait a second! <laughs> <laughs> I watched one called... I watched a 5 foot 11 movie. <laughs> 6 feet versus 5 11. Oh, I hope I remember that. I'm going to pepper that That's one. That's actually really good. <laughs> Uh, there's one called La Cabina, uh, which I think it's Spanish, and maybe my, I, I actually don't know. Um, La Cabina, have you seen La Cabina? Are you familiar with this? I'll describe it to I've you. Never heard of it. Uh, there is a phone booth. Uh huh. Have you? That Colin Farrell's in it. Got it. It is kind of the the movie or short or whatever. Like, is really? There is a phone booth. So they just put a phone booth right there in the middle of the town or whatever and some guy this is made in 1972 so the guy's like okay goes in there closes the door tries to make a call i don't know if it connects or whatever but oh oh shit i'm stuck he can't get out of the phone booth 
And the entire crowd of the all the town is everyone's trying to break him out of the phone booth. Like, what is that guy stuck in the phone booth for? And he can't get out. Anyway, he's stuck in there and the the phone company has to come by and pick him up and they they pick him up inside the phone booth and put him on the back of a truck and they drive him away. And he's just kinda of sitting in there, the music's all kinda of lonely, like oh, I'm stuck in the phone booth. And you realize he's been stuck in there for uh they're driving him kind of far. They take him away. Camera's getting a little bit closer to him. He's getting a little claustrophobic. And it takes him to the back of a warehouse. And he's looking around like, what the fuck is going on here? And he sees a whole bunch of other phone booths with skeletons in there. This was their elaborate plan to kill people by trapping them in phone booths. What the fuck? And every single comment on like the YouTube thing is just like, this creeped the fuck out of me. Holy shit. And you got, like, one guy who strangled himself with the phone cord so he would die quicker or something like that. The guy's, like, really scared. And then at the end of the movie, they put another phone booth in the center of town. Uh, It'd be a lot scarier if we didn't have cell phones. (laughs) But on the other hand, we live in a society. And maybe we're prisoners to our phones. And maybe they're killing us. And And they drive the phone booth over. And he looks at it and sees a sign that says... What if your mate was a phone? He's like, oh shit, you caught me. Every single person has been mentioning that movie Phone Booth or whatever. Wait, or wait, what was the movie where the guy is like... Future episode, by the way. Alright, moving on. I watched The Wicker Man. Not much to say, but it was okay. And uh, then I watched Hellraiser. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the Wicker Man is very easily one of the best horror movies that I saw this week and perhaps my entire life. Um... I don't really have very many horror movies that make my favorites list, but The Wicker Man, the original one, I didn't watch the, the Nick Cage version. I think I've already seen that, uh, or at least I've seen the parts that matter. Also, I watched it recently. It's You're fine with the YouTube clips. Oh, trust Everything me, else I, is I, just I just remember nothing. how bad it is, and it's so much worse in comparison to the original 73 version. So I love the protagonist in this. I think he's one of my all-time favorite film characters because you have all these people acting really weird and stupid and creepy in this town, right? And he lets them know. He tells them just like, what in the fuck are you people doing here? I'm looking for this little girl. He is so fresh. He is so sick of this pagan bullshit. And there is a whole lot of pagan bullshit going on. Like the first time that you know something's wrong, first of all, they won't like send out a boat to go get him. So he's like, I'm a cop. You know, I got a billy club here. Uh, th- I think the other one is like he's in that that inn, right? In that, uh, you know, oh, that sexy woman comes down. And everyone's keep, everyone starts singing a song about how much they want to bang her. And she's just like, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? I could be so lucky. <laughs> I just get circus music when I walk now showing the amazing midget man <laughs> anyway every time i walk into a studio someone just plays a slide whistle it's very obnoxious and i do not like it i need to get a slide whistle for this <laughs> please don't do that i have enough self-esteem issues the only other thing i would give is like just a ream of paper so i can tear it in front of the mic whenever you're talking fuck yourself <laughs> get absolutely fucked Anyway, it's nice to see Christopher Lee in this, who apparently ages horizontally. Um, I don't know what what sort of time scale he's on. I think it's the same as Jabouiz Yahar, because <laughs> he looks younger in this than he does in a movie that came out 15 years prior. It's fucking ridiculous. And he's somehow still alive for a movie that came out in 2006. Uh, I don't know how he does it with his black magic, but I'm here for it. 
Uh, he's actually really good in this too. Um, everyone in this movie is really good. Uh, I, I really do like this movie a lot. It, it, it does uh, everything very, very well. I was not ready for all the singing, but also I was not upset by it. That's a nice change. I know you don't really like songs and movies. I have to admit, I actually really like the uh, soundtrack here. I thought most of the songs were really good, although I was about to start texting you every single time they said, Oh, the man-made corn, and it's just the whatever the <laughs> fucking shit. I don't know. Because like, I show like, oh yeah, Christopher Lee's in it, there's a giant wicker man. That's what I know. <laughs> and I just turn I was like, ah, it's more songs about pagan sex festivals. All right. Wishing no well, offense I to them. I hope their corn comes in, man. I'm happy for it. Every single one of those people, I think I could have taken them. You know, they, I don't think Except they had any guns. Lee, you don't. That man has rumbled. <laughs> oh, diabolical oh yeah. yeah you don't want those hands. I am absolutely not going to fuck with him. Uh, like he's 90 years old. Like, dude, that's fucking Dracula. Like, are you kidding me? The, uh, that's that's not where I was going. I don't know if you heard the story. Oh, trust, yeah, I, yeah, you I, know I, the I, one. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> I don't think we need to go into that. <laughs> so, speaking of stories, I watched The Omen. Um... The Omen, I, the only reason I watched it is because, like, wait, how the hell have I not seen that yet? You know? That's a classic. Uh, you know, Damien and stuff like that. Which, by the way, how do you name your kid Damien after this movie came out? Because everyone's going to be thinking about The Omen. Um, it, it was alright. I didn't like it anywhere near as much as you did. It, I don't think it was bad. I don't, I don't think the kid was very creepy, though. I think the kids in The Innocents were a lot creepier. I enjoy that there's not a single jump scare in it. It's just all point. creepy things happening around this little kid. I, I think what like I... It's just these horrible... And I mentioned off mic, but it's so much grislier than I remember. I always forget, like, oh, yeah, that dude just gets the fuck decapitated. Oh, that's like, a great scene, too. Oh, boy. You know, I always forget, like, oh, it's a 70s movie. Like, you know, it's got real actors in it. They're not going to go full schlock. Oh, yep. Okay. I think one of my favorite things is that, like, it's some of the stuff behind the scenes. Like, this is the movie that came out after uh, Greg Peck lost a son. And that's the reason that he made this, is he wanted to play uh, a troubled father. And that comes across in his performance. And I I like Gregory Peck in almost everything he's done. Um, I think one of my favorite scenes is where the woman hangs herself after calling out Damien's name. Which, by the way, right off there, it's like, I don't think it's in anyone's head. You know? <laughs> that's so good. It's, it's such a good scene. Yeah, that, boy, that's and a great scene. The ending, I always forget, like, oh yeah, they go for it. Yeah, pretty <laughs> they much. Don't, they don't wimp out. Yeah. I... And I don't think, I've never seen, like, the sequels in their entirety, but as a kid, The Omen 2 was on TV, and it was the scene where the guy gets trapped under broken ice and can't get out, and that fucked me up for years. Oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. And there's no ice in Texas. That's not a problem I'm ever going to encounter in my life. And yet, I see someone ice skating. I'm like, dude, what the what fucking ice cream? It is... Oh, That's interesting. So my dad had a story about The Omen. Um, he saw it when it originally came out with his friends. But he got to the theater like pretty late. I think he got to the theater like maybe 15, 20 minutes late. And No, no, not even 15, 20. It was only like 10 minutes late, Okay. And if you remember the first 10 minutes of The Omen, nothing happens. It's literally just character establishment. Gregory Peck, I don't even think he has a son for the opening bed. Then he it becomes ambassador to England or something like that or something like that. Again, the first 10 minutes, nothing happens. Uh, but his friends are in there, they're, and they're like, um, we should probably see the first 10 minutes, otherwise, you know, we're, we're missing out. So they talk to the, like, the theater people, like, hey, is, is it cool if we stay for a next showing just like the first 10 minutes? And the guy's like, yeah, you can do it. So they sit down, the first 10 minutes go by, 
and uh, they all look at each other and they yell, "Oh God, it's too much!" And they they run out and they scream and they, they just <laughs> freak out everyone else in the theater. <laughs> That's a good power move. I respect I, that. Yeah, it's almost tell your dad I'm very into that story. <laughs> it's almost as much fun as a sorceress story. Oh jeez, my only other omen memory is Space Ghost referencing it. <laughs> He, like, flies off and then flies back and says he just watched them all so he knows how to deal with his troubled kid. <laughs> That's my... It was that, the Trapped Under Ice scene, and then finally watching it for the first time, like, four years ago. Oh, there you go. Um, so, one of the other ones... I checked it up. I haven't watched it recently, but I forgot to check it out before. was uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It. Uh, I did for see you? that when it came out. And when it came, Not when it came out. I think it came out in 95. I think I saw it when I was nine. My dad said it was very funny. And I remember liking it when I was eight or nine years old. I do not know if it holds up. And the Rotten Tomatoes score is not great. But Parker, if you want to catch up on the list... You know, uh, you know what? To... 700 other ones. <laughs> I'll get to it. That's what I've been saying about 120 Days of Sodom and Audition. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I almost said that about a movie that I watched that I probably shouldn't have watched at work called Hellraiser. Uh, Buddy, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, what's this movie? It's this movie It's just nothing but people graphically fucking and then being ripped apart by chains. Yeah, as it turns out, not family friendly at all. Nope. Yeah. Do you enjoy all of the overdub dialogue? Because it's so good. Uh, I, I love it. I can only imagine what the original dialogue was like because that guy who's I, I don't know, like I guess the husband of the movie, not the not the main guy who gets ripped apart by chains, the husbandish guy, I guess the brother of the main guy, he does not want to be in this movie. He very clearly doesn't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is a lot of things, but I love it dearly. So let me tell you this, which is I, I'm sure will be something of a shock. This movie is very, very well... I don't know if it's well written, but the story and the idea of it is fantastic. Clive Barker nailed it. This is such a great... This is better than, I'd say, 99%... Well, 99.99999% of uh, Stephen King stories, which gives me like 700 to work with. Uh, <laughs> this is a scary story. This scares the shit out of me. This whole, this yeah, whole I, idea. This is so this is so imaginative. I understand why they've been trying to milk sequels out of it forever, but also every sequel misses the point entirely. Oh, just, yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, sure. But like it's, there's so much just teasing this world of like, wait, they're what? And they're from where? Fucking what? Like you, you want to know more, and then you find it like, oh no, it's actually better if I don't know more. It's it's a fucking horrifying idea here. Uh, I watch it in shitty quality, unfortunately. But, uh, it boy, there's so much that's going on here. They really make you like, this takes you to the dark recesses of your mind. This is so much scarier than, it's a haunted hotel. It, <laughs> it, or, or fucking, yeah, a dog got rabies and it attacked the cart. That's not scary. That's That's not like, scary at all. It's like, no, it's just a person who's just been doing every drug imaginable, just fucking on every continent. I, it's I, like, nah, I don't even feel it anymore. Let me open this box. It's actually a really relatable movie because I, too, love Zemeckis Cubes. And <laughs> <laughs> look what you've done to me. <laughs> I, I have Like, you see all that, but if someone hands you that cube, you'd be like, I'm going to try and solve it. I, you... I have to. I have to. You don't understand. It's cute. I got ripped apart me. by chains. Like, yeah, but kind of, 
it, it goes like I'm this. Not, not, <laughs> it's pain and pleasure indivisible. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, I absolutely love Hellraiser. It is, it is very, very well done. A lot of people say, oh, the effects aren't good anymore. I thought the final effect False. where the guy says uh, Jesus wept, I thought that was good. The effect of him slowly being pieced together is fucking incredible. If I well, saw that when I was a kid, that would have destroyed my brain. Unquestionably, I would be, I was gonna, I'd be more of a drooling <laughs> moron than I am now. Yeah, like straight, I wouldn't. This movie would have broken me as a kid. Oh, like, absolutely! I enjoyed slashers and all that. This movie would have fucked my entire life up. I, I don't know that I love it, and there are certain things that kind of bug me about it. But man, I this, this like is the well done. third act where it's like, what if this giant puppet monster can? Um, yeah, that was the thing. This that's not anywhere near as scary as the actual Hellraiser priest guys yeah. going around. Hellraiser 2 is solid. It has a lot of cool ideas, but the budget is not there for all of the ideas they want to do. Yeah. Again, it's, this is one of those things where it's like, if Clive Barker had written this as a short story, it still would have been terrifying. And that's hard to do. He did. And the fact I'm pretty that, sure he did. Um, did he? I'm almost certain Hellbound Hearts a short story, but I don't read. I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm not going to read it. Uh, but for him <laughs> to fine. direct it for the first time, they really gave him an impossible task. That the idea of assigning this guy, who's nothing more than an author, to be like he had directed like a couple shorts before or something like that, and they weren't any good. And the the studio just saying, "All right, you direct it." That is, it's seriously just like thumb in their nose. I'm like, yeah, let's see you do it. And he delivered this. That's honestly really really tough for him. But luckily, he had a really great crew to work with. They were really patient with him, and. Uh, I mean, that just shows when everyone's working towards the same goal, you know, that's just, this is what I'm talking about. This is well done. The next one I want, oh, this shit. Uh, <laughs> this is called Whistle and I'll Come to You. Uh, fucking shit. Is it a movie about my dog? No, it's stupid. It's some black and white British thing. It's 45 minutes and it's not oh, finally we're on the same page that's a stupid black and white thing from another country no i like I black it. and white stuff from other countries but then nothing no, happens nothing happens all right the entire movie is maybe there's a ghost who knows and it's just a british guy mm, God, oh, oh, quiet that is yes. definitely one of the most difficult parts about this journey it's like i'm trying real hard to put myself in this mindset of like what it was like back then but also nothing is happening. But it came out in 1968. There's no it's excuse. Like, it's, it's been 30 minutes in a picture frame as a jar. Oh, geez. What if there's a ghost? But that window was closed. Like, motherfucker, we gotta, we gotta move on. Let's go do something. Yeah, I'm just not really into it. I can respect it. A lot of people seem to really like it. Boy, it didn't do a thing for me. I don't think it'll do anything for you either. Uh, I guess I'd say that's the worst I watched, but it's kind of debatable with the next one. <laughs> I watched a movie called Maniac. Maniac is a, is a dreadful, awful, no good, very bad movie, but it's very clearly a good bad. Which version? 1934. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> the other versions are very different. This, yeah, this movie came out in 1934, and it's under an hour long. It, it, is, a, it is an excellent good bad movie. Anything else, it's fucking impossible to watch because most of the movie is just text just saying, a maniac is defined by blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's not cool or scary or interesting or useful. <laughs> Webster's defines maniac <laughs> as, and in this presentation, I hope to teach you a thing or two as well as you teach me a couple That things. is effectively what they do. There is one scene, do not ever 
show this to your girlfriend. Okay. Oh, good. There's uh, one scene where uh, it's actually fascinating how they did this effect, which uh, this must have been perhaps the most graphic thing anyone had ever seen in 1934. This is going to get a little... You're going to imagine it. You're going to be like, oh, God, no, but I have to say it. Um, there's a scene with a cat, right? And the cat's there. It's kind of chilling around. And at one point, uh, the bad guy picks up the cat by the head and squeezes it so hard that one of its eyes pops out. Now, how do you do that? Because you see the whole thing, and that's a real cat. It's a fake eye. The cat had lost an eye before, and they put like a marble in there, oh, and it kind of looked like an eye. Fella. Yeah, it's just... Kinda... Boy, for such a short plot, there's a there's a lot of red flags here. Yeah, you're going to watch it. Uh, it's... <laughs> Again, as a no, movie, it you. is very not good. But the acting is so incredibly bad that I I don't know why this wasn't an MST. I guess Frank just didn't come across it. This was made well, to be an MST. It really was. It's, I mean, this is one of those I things. I look people, forward to giving you my opinion. Who's that guy? Future. One of the guys from I think uh, I think what, Matt or something. No, Will Meneker from Chapo was like making fun of one of those conservative guys who said acting back in like the old days wasn't any good. No one's as good as Meryl Streep, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That was actually me, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, on the one hand, it's just like, I understand where you're going with this, but he also had really good performances from, like, Henry Fonda. But back on his side, if you look at the performances from Maniac, from people who straight up didn't know what movies were, and didn't know what acting was, and are very clearly reading their lines off big signs and says, say it like this. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny to watch that way. So Maniac is actually entertaining to watch. Do not watch it with a little lady. Now, all I have to say, hey, we're going to watch a movie from 1930. Okay. <laughs> door, door shut already, yeah. huh? All right. Then I watched, oh, this one. I watched Strangler of the Swamp. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so it's important for me, and I guess I might as well reveal it now, that I have a very Belichickian strategy for this. I uh, Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> my strategy. You guys might have noticed that everything I watch is an hour. Like, yeah, I was yeah, like, ah, <laughs> more movies, less time. I wasn't dual wielding like you were. But uh, I was like, yeah, I'll just get it on these. Here's the problem. Most of these came out in the 30s and 40s, and most of them are not great. <laughs> Such as Strangler <laughs> of the Swamp. Uh, Strangler of the Swamp is hashtag not very good, but it's a strong uh, female lead performance, which goes a long way in horror movies, especially early on like this. Then I watched 1941's Man-Made Monster, a.k.a. The Electric Man. You can guess what it's about. Some guy good. gets turned electric and... Uh, electric head and white zombie and... The next movie I watched was The Mummy's Curse. Uh, there are a lot of mummy movies on this list, yeah, Parker. There sure are. I have seen... There's one good one in Brendan Fraser's. Yep, it? that's it. Fucking the Mummy's Curse was awful. That's actually the most recent one. That that one takes place in Louisiana. There is a mummy oh, yes. in the Louisiana Famous swamp. Curse. Fucking that's that's a Tales from the Crypt episode. Right, Fuck off. right off the bat. So <clears throat> wait, isn't there one with Jeffrey Jones in a mummy? <gasps> Ooh. Why? Oh, Who wouldn't watch? It? Oh my god, you're right. Yeah, he was a. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, you're right. Okay, so. Boy. How about you watching that? Nice. <laughs> they should have every single episode of Tales from the Crypt on here. Let's be real. Oh, As yeah. I can't wait adventure. to get to the horror anthologies. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones in there. As someone who loved Tales from the Crypt as much as you did, you'll get a kick out of a Boy, lot of Boy, I gotta tell you, you nailed it on that pick. Anyway, uh, then I watched Mark of the Vampire, a.k.a. Vampires of Prague, uh, directed by Todd Browning, uh, which 
more people got to talk about Todd Browning. I don't know if the horror community is really into his movies, but holy shit, that guy had a string of hits, didn't he? Until he didn't. Very, very quickly. Yeah, as it turns out, a lot of this movie was recut because this came out after 1932's Freaks. He triggered too many libs. And uh, they, mm-hmm. the studio decided, ah, you can't have any say over movies anymore. We're going to cut this up. Mark of the Vampire is actually good for one reason only. It has Bela Lugosi as the titular vampire, very briefly. As it turns out, let me spoil the twist for you. It's not a real vampire. He's playing a part, like scare people. And at the end, he makes it like a little comment, being like, playing a vampire is fun. I think I could do this as a living. And then the movie runs the credits, and it's like, oh. And then him and fucking Silent Bob look at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. It <laughs> I thought it was good. <laughs> I'm just fucking. It's 1935. It's fine. That is the literal only good only good part of the movie. Besides that, it's not really worth your time. Because I remember hearing about it how it's like a remake of London After Midnight, that movie that's been lost forever. Oh, yeah. And it's always been like, hey, this movie's actually kind of not good. So it's better to just imagine like, oh man, this lost masterpiece oh, just gone no. to history instead of like, oh, it actually kind of sucks. Turns out that missing Beach Boys album just talks about vegetables the entire time. <laughs> you hate to see yeah. it. Uh, speaking of things I hate to see, I watched The Raven. You're familiar with the Edgar Allan Poe poem. I do love my bird teams and stories. Yeah, the poem, The Raven. Guess what this movie is not about at all? <laughs> it is, it's so bald-faced here. Like, again, you can't even make a movie. The only good adaptation of The Raven is that Tiny Toon Adventures one. <laughs> that little pink bird that goes nevermore <laughs> your brain there is a lot wrong is running on fumes <laughs> anyway the only connection this has to the Edgar Allan because that's how they get in the door people didn't see trailers you'd have to actually go into the theater to see a trailer uh, they didn't have YouTube back then which means I would have killed myself in 1935 oh like, could you imagine not having ASMR in the roaring 20s how am I <laughs> kill me <laughs> What, what do you mean? They didn't watch unboxing videos? What did they do for fun? <laughs> I'll sweep my bread loot crates here. <laughs> Look at all these grains. <laughs> Look at the crystals. <laughs> Busting my ass as a fan of Nickelodeon's for five years now. I didn't get an invite to the new shirt. It's just that scene from fucking uh, Dexter's Laboratory where he goes to live on the Amish part. I, I think this is, you call it fun? It's just a butter churn. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma, if you don't move much, it makes one heck of a scarecrow. Caw! <laughs> so, the, <laughs> I think the Raven actually stars uh, uh, Bella Lugosi again. So, seen a lot of his. Yeah, ass. He got around back then. Yeah, as it turns out. So, the only connection it has with the Raven is uh, the main character really likes the poem, The Raven. And he has a stuffed raven on his desk. Ha, <laughs> tricked you. Really, Give us your money. Really scary. So the next one they didn't is... Give a fuck back Yeah. Then. Next one is Murders in the Rue Morgue, which uh, I see that is also based on uh, an Edgar Allan Poe story. One of my favorite ones. I remember, was, I remember being really excited and then getting like halfway in and realizing, like, oh, oh this isn't the story, is it? <laughs> you son of a Which bitch. is a shame, because the original story is so good. It was the world's first detective story, and my dad and I have the same story. Uh, with the same story when we were reading. We're reading it in uh, middle school. We're not, it was, maybe it's high school. Who knows? And we're reading and we get to the part. It's like, what the fuck is an orang-utang? What the hell is that? Oh, orang-utang. 
Oh. <laughs> he stuffed her I'm body up a chimney. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it's it's really interesting. It's kind of scary and it's just yeah, that's a, it's a good story. That's you can make an adaptation of that. Instead, <clears throat> you could theoretically Bella Lugosi or plays. You could also not. Bella Lugosi plays Doctor Miracle, spelled with a K, and he injects pretty young ladies with monkey blood to make them do crimes. As you do, not one person gets dome shotted in a video game. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh man, I love, I love that story. And then, like the first scene is them at a circus and him like having a monkey perform. I was like, oh. <laughs> Wait a second. I feel like I've been duped. Uh, fucking gutter ball there. Uh, next time... Wa- Ask me anything else in the movie. It's, it's nothing. It's Bela Lugosi plays Dr. Miracle, spelled with a K, who injects monkey blood into pretty young women to make them do crimes. Does, right there, the I'm interested in seeing it, but I know I'm not going to like it. Does the monkey kill him? Uh, yeah. Okay. Which, I'd be disappointed if he didn't. Yeah. Next one I watched was The Mummy's Tomb. These fucking mummy movies. All I can think about, again, is Spongebob. The monkey's chain. The monkey's tomb. The mummy! (laughs) (laughs) More entertaining than any mummy movie besides the 1999. Now, you say that, but the one after this was 1944's The Mummy's Ghost. Parker! (laughs) I have that many ahead of me? So, the good news is, I don't know if it was The Mummy's Ghost or The Mummy's Tomb, but it was introduced. I watched the YouTube version where it's introduced by Christopher Lee. Who's doing his Christopher oh, Lee voice? I've got that. He's on got that fucking mustache, and I love it so much. Great, he actually makes the movie a whole lot better because he talks about. I could listen to him talk about mummies for hours. Him talk, it's like the the thing that's going around of I don't know who the guy who played Riker in uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Going, <laughs> oh, yeah. We made it up, you know. I I really like those. Every Dude, single time I see those, those videos are so. <laughs> you ever go to a bank? You ever play <laughs> ping pong? <laughs> <laughs> Try to have a conversation with my wife. Uh, have you ever had a conversation with a dead man? <laughs> uh, did that show fucked me up as a kid? Because there was an episode what where like show? a kid beyond belief, fact oh, or fiction. Cool. There was a story where, like a kid like got locked in a closet and started screaming and freaking out. They opened, and he was gone. And as I was leaving the house, like well, that one was real. I was like, what the fuck? And then I had to go run errands with my mom, and it ruined my life. The scariest goddamn thing I've ever seen. There's no closure. It's like, yeah, that kid disappeared. Fucked up, huh? I think I would would legitimately watch a supercut of just his scenes from that show because he's so entertaining and all that. uh, I had that whole series uploaded way back in the day on the links. I miss that show. It was real good. I'll I'll, I'll check it out. You look into it. You want some more 90s weird shit. So The Mummy's Ghost takes place in New England. Fuck off. <laughs> another Boston movie. No, what I'm saying is it's another Boston movie. Let me tell you about it. It's our city here. And this is back when we had just got rid of Big fucking... Poppy. We just got rid of Babe Ruth. I don't know why we got rid of him. He's a fucking silver slugger here. Someone for a fucking dollar to the goddamn Yankees. <laughs> Boy, he would have given that mummy what for. I tell you what. How you doing? Anyway... <laughs> You ever watch a mummy face off against Dino Spumoni? <laughs> Alright, the next one I watched is... Again, I was trying to stick to the shorter ones. And this is one I couldn't find uh, on streaming, so I had to download from SIG. Naughty Chris. I watched The Call of Cthulhu. Now, we've I was discussed, going to watch this one. Uh, we've discussed our good friend, <laughs> Howard Philip Lovecraft. 
Uh, he, everyone knows that he's got very... Parker, you've said in the past that you really agree with his takes on society. Uh, I named my cat after his. <laughs> my favorite thing well, was... Well, use uh, that joke until I fucking die. I don't care. It's it's totally fair. Oh, man. I loved your tweet where it's like, I found the, the, the check for his cat. <laughs> my favorite thing was uh, we were talking about him at work, and I was just like, yeah, it turns out he was really racist. And uh, Tamsi is just like, oh, yeah, totally. And Naira, who happens to be black, was just like, oh, really? Are you, are you sure? And I was just like, oh, yeah. Uh, just based on what he named his cat, at least. And she's like, what do you name his cat? I'm like, I can't say it out loud. And they both immediately pull out their phones, and I'm just like, no, 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 you don't have to, you don't have to. Tim's like, Wait. We're on the work Wi-Fi. And Tim Z's just like, oh, yeah, I can't say that out loud. And there's like, oh, come on, I can't be that. Oh. I, I see. Huh. Well, it's Boy. a different time. And she just, she kind of went full on, just be like, he's really out here naming this man. Just... <laughs> <laughs> No, I love every story. It's like, wow, this thing's so fucked up. I can't even describe it because if I looked at it, I would yeah, die. But you take my word for it. It's real yeah, cool. Yeah, literally Thanks, every man. one of his stories. And people are like, oh, that's the that's a genre of weird fiction. Yeah, guess what? That that genre sucks. I'm sorry. That it's it's, it's just garbage. bad. It's it's show don't tell. Suck my it's dick. It's fucking dude. stupid. I, I, oh, this is so crazy. <laughs> oh my god, the unknowable horror. <laughs> I yeah. What about it? it? Ah, it's like a squid man. F- f- ah, I'm dying. It was though. the scariest right. thing I had ever seen, but I can't describe it. Anyway, give me money so <laughs> I can. A woman write holding a controller backwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, it's cool. And then when we inspected the picture closer, the console wasn't even plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a heated gaming moment? <laughs> so I suppose I should actually talk about the movie. Uh, the movie's actually kind of interesting. It's, uh, it's, so it came out in 2005, but it's a silent movie. And they really go all out to try and make it look like it came out during the time that H.P. Lovecraft was writing. And for the most part, it actually works really well. I've seen a lot of complaints be like, why are the men wearing so much makeup? Why are the faith of, like, white? Like, I don't know, because every silent movie is like that, idiot. Sorry. Yeah, I saw that pop up on your watch list, and I realized, like, I've scrolled past that cover a hundred times and assume like that's a silent movie. I'll get to it at some point. Yeah, it's 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 actually pretty good. I'll, I'll I say just that. assumed it came out in the twenties. Like, yeah, they loved that stuff back then. Oh no, they, they did not like Lovecraft his work. No one liked H.P. Lovecraft back then. Besides, uh, who's the guy who wrote Conan? Weirdos. Ro- uh, Robert Howard, who ended up killing himself at my age. Uh, oh man! So, so you're saying there's a yeah. chance? <laughs> so uh, the next movie I watched was Voodoo Man. Oh no! Very tastefully done. Uh oh! Oh no! What year? Uh, nineteen forty-four. <laughs> oh dear! Yeah. So you know, Voodoo Man. The one thing I'll say about it is, I'm pretty sure it inspired uh, Rob Zombie in some way. I mean, like half of these, you're sure that Rob Zombie has seen. But whatever right. he mentions, one of the ones like that, like obviously, there's a movie, nineteen thirty-two, White Zombie. That's that's obviously uh, Rob Zombie's one of his favorites. But Voodoo Man, I remember that's a lyric from one of his lines from Hellbilly Deluxe where he goes, Voodoo Man, yes I can, take it on down for you now. Oh yeah! In the back of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't remember much. I appreciate that Dracula is just the the theme of this show. You better believe it. (laughs) It pops up like every ten episodes. Fucking love Dracula. (laughs) We cannot escape Rob Zombie, which is weird because most of us hate his movies. (laughs) And music. I hate El Superpisto so much. (laughs) 
I would rather watch Alex Audition. Alex hates both his movies and his music, and yet we cannot escape. I've been avoiding Audition for nigh on 20 years, and I'd much rather watch it than El Super Bisto one more time. Buddy, let me confirm that it is incredibly good. Oh, but also, um, I slept incredibly poorly last night. Uh, movies don't get under my skin often, but... Oh, man. Let's talk about movies that are good. I watched 1927's The Unknown. I think you watched it too, right? Oh, fuck. I sure did. Jesus Christ, what a movie. What a it's fucking so movie, man. Todd Browning does it again. Lon Chaney Sr. This guy. Now, this man could act. There's a reason Lon Chaney Jr. had to take the junior on there to become a well-known name. Jeez, his facial expressions. Like, it is a great detective story. I don't know about the version you watched, but the one I had had, like, the redone music and everything. It was great. It was so suspenseful. Uh, there's missing footage, but it's still a coherent narrative. That scene at the end of the horses, I was legitimately loud. I was just like, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. This movie came out a hundred years ago, and I'm leaning forward in my chair like, oh, shit. <laughs> right? What's he going to do? Right? Because, like, you, you think about it, They just had a scene where he's like, yeah, he went under surgery to have his arms torn off. What makes you think he won't do it to that guy? I'm just like, holy All shit. All that work for a dame that doesn't love him back. Yeah. And of all people, Joan this Crawford. This is what that guy in Dallas is upset about. <laughs> Fucking dames. Can't trust them with their gams. So, uh, speaking of dames and gams and, and broads and, um, got another one in there? Dames, broads, ladies. I watched, uh, uh dr- I have, <laughs> I can't say him though. <laughs> <laughs> ah, look at the gams on that femoid. <laughs> femoid. <laughs> I watched, I watched Dracula's Daughter. Uh, it's actually surprisingly good. That's a direct sequel? Yeah. Okay. I think that's better than the 1931 version with Bela Lugosi. And Bela Lugosi's not even in here. This is a pretty damn good movie. Because here's the biggest thing about it. Not only do you have a female uh, villain, which is nice to see because movies are just like, Oh, the fair is sex. They don't understand anything about being villains. You just have to save them. (laughs) I'm going to end that one before I get any more into... uh, the, yeah, I, I could the sense where this is uh, Sensibilities back then. Uh, but uh, not only does she play a villain, she is a very complex villain, which Hollywood still is very poor at grasping. This is a villain where you, you feel really bad for her. This is someone who is desperately trying to do the right thing. This is a person who, she just wants to be human. But she there's a part of her that will always be a monster, and she can't escape that. And... By the end of it, I felt really bad for her. This is a really... I, I will give this one as one of my favorite Dracula movies. Is the fact that I have even one is disconcerting. <laughs> so... I like... I've only seen the original one so far. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of his problems are like... It was still pretty new <laughs> in the non-silent era. I don't know why I couldn't just say talkie era. But like there's still a lot of like... Alright, we're going to show this intricate scene here. Two seconds later, this guy's going to explain exactly what you just saw. And also, you can't have music because people will be confused if there's music playing, but they're not at a theater. It's got a lot of weird, timely flaws that I feel like they only improved on afterwards. Yeah, I don't know. I will recommend Daughter of Dracula, aka Dracula's Daughter. The next one I saw was Son of Dracula, um, which not tremendously dissimilar from the other one. Uh, it's really not that you good. Don't say. Um, I, I don't like it as much as Daughter of Dracula. I guess uh, this is the movie that introduced. Alucard um, played, and this one Alucard is really just Dracula. It's not even the son of Dracula. It's just they're they're the same person. It's just a 
on moniker. And this is where Lon Chaney Jr. takes over the role as Dracula. I like Lon Chaney Jr., but he was not a good Dracula at all. He was really, really bad at it, actually. But people flock to see it because, hey, it's Lon Chaney. But uh, I don't know. I'm not really into it. This is one of those movies where I kind of think that they thought that theater audiences were really, really stupid. So here's how I can explain this. Do you remember The Wizard of Oz, which is for some reason on this list? Uh, there's a scene where they actually get to Oz and the doors close, right? And they see a, a, a sign that says, uh, uh, please knock or something like that. And they point at each word and they read it out loud. Please knock. I'm like, look, I get there are kids out there, but kids aren't that dumb, right? Anyway, uh, in this one, Alucard is Dracula spelled backwards. They point this out on so many occasions. <laughs> At least four occasions, you're just like, I get it. It is very obvious what you're trying to do here. Uh, and to the point where the first time they do it, the guy is literally going, D-R-A-C. Oh, funny idea just hit me. <laughs> Boy, it must be a real mystery. Again, four occasions. So, it's all right. And it's not so but uh, then I watched the 1958 Terrence Fisher Hammer Horror movie, Dracula, starring Christopher Lee as Dracula. Boy, Christopher Lee could act, couldn't he? <laughs> God, I love... I could watch him and Cushing together and never get sick of it. Yeah, You're sure. in for a treat when you get to some of these old British anthology movies. That's just full of them being them. It's oh, I, I really liked it. I thought this was one of the best Dracula movies I've ever seen. And that says a lot. Uh, there's so many Dracula movies. I, I don't know. I think this is well done. I, I like the architecture. I like how the blood is just really, really red. You couldn't show a woman's thighs in Britain in 1958, and you couldn't say damn, but you sure as shit could say... Uh, you sure as shit could show as much blood as you wanted. And you know what? I'm a really big fan of the book. I, I think the book is one of my favorite books ever written. And this does a pretty good job, at least for the most part, at, towards the beginning of adapting it. And... That goes a long way. So uh, I'm glad that this movie is the way that it is. I enjoyed that Hammer as a studio looks like, you know, these movies are classics. They don't have titties. And they don't have blood. So oh, that's what a good if point. I forgot. That woman's cleavage was here. They are just like, hey, guess what? They're still clothed, so checkmate lives. Yeah, oh my goodness. Just zoom ins on big honking British hooters. And the brightest orange blood you've ever seen. What's the matter, brother? I'm just bending over to pick up a sock <laughs> that I dropped. You can't see my areola or anything, you perv. <laughs> you dirty pay pig. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, highly recommended for two very good reasons. Anyway, the next one I watched is <laughs> the next one I watched is Onibaba, a Japanese horror movie, which it was on eleven lists. Which uh, why what, what could go wrong here? Nothing. This is really, really good. This is... Oh, my... Okay, so here's the one. Like I, I said before, that I don't like it when people say, Ooh, a sly, sexy thriller from Luc Besson. I don't like that for a lot of reasons. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> this is... <laughs> the way that sultry 14-year-old leans over the barrel like, Oh, fuck! Okay! Oh. He just... Oh, whatever. Uh, Onibaba, it's fine. I mean, it's not, but you know, he'll just keep making movies, and we'll just let it happen. I guess. Yeah, I guess. It's... When you make Lucy, I mean, you get a fucking free pass. <laughs> I guess. City of a thousand planets. <laughs> there sure were, Chris. 
I counted them. There was nothing else to do in that fucking movie. <laughs> and then Rihanna shows up halfway yeah. through. Anyway, Onibaba is classified as a horror movie. I, I'd agree. Um, it's In that case, it takes a really long time for it to get going to become, I guess, scary. I'd say the ending is pretty scary. It's uh, it's sort of a... What's the setup like? It's kind of like Tales from the Crypt, sort of. It's a morality tale. Don't do this because this will happen, sort of thing. And it does it really, really well. There's a lot of excellent stuff in there. I, this actually might be the best movie that I've seen this week, and that includes The Wicker Man. So... Um, I don't know how do I, how do I describe it? Okay, so there this is uh, I guess feudal Japan because there's samurais and stuff, and there's a war going on, right? And uh, there are these two women, a uh, mother and her daughter-in-law, and uh, the son has gone off to fight in the war. Anyway, they their job is to kill whoever they come across, uh, almost anyone they come across, and deliver the spoils to like the bandit leader, and he'll give them some money. And they kind of have to fend for themselves. It's sort of like Mad Max in a way. They're just sort of stuck in this, this society and it's it's tricky for him anyway some they guy comes across some guy comes across there and he's like oh your your son-in-law uh or your son and your uh husband ah oh, geez what a shame i came across him and he's dead and they're really sad about it anyway he ends up sleeping with a daughter and i think at some point he may end up sleeping with a mother too as it's, i do kind of it's kind of it's kind of a sexy movie I'll, I'll, it does a decent job at that uh at times you would describe it as orgasmic i would never describe any movie as orgasmic maybe feel it <laughs> <laughs> oh there's at least one orgasm in that <laughs> you're not ready <laughs> what took you so long <laughs> anyway uh it's it's really good and anyway some she oh, the mother comes across uh, a samurai who's wearing a, a spooky mask from like uh, you know kabuki theater sort of thing. Anyway, that mask has certain properties, and at some point you're like, oh, I know what the twist is. Like I, the movie's called Oni Baba, which means demon old lady. I know what you guys are going to do. But then you're like, wait a second, the movie is revealed. Some what is going to be the? Oh shit! How did I not see that coming? So. I, I like this movie a lot. I have to recommend you Onibaba. Okay. I, I've i passed it a hundred times and I keep getting it confused with something else. I kept confusing it with that one we watched that was like three hours oh, long that, that, I will, no. that I will also watch what one day. Was it Kaiden or Kaiden or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like I that. I saw that. Boy, it's that Japanese and it's one word. This it's this like, one's a lot better. This one is so much better. So it, it's a little bit of a longer one. It's it's three and a half hours. And, no, I'm kidding. It's it's under two. If it, if it was if it was over two, I would just be like, no, I'm not doing it. Um, I I have to recommend it. I'd, I'd say put it at the top of your watch list. It's absolutely All worth right. it. I'm gonna write that down. And the other one that I watch, it's spelled O N I B A B A. Um, the other one I watch is Murders in the Zoo. Uh, now, as I've said, <laughs> this came out in what? 1933. Of course. Guess what happens in this movie? <laughs> is there a murder in the zoo? There are a couple. Uh, oh, plural. Nice. There there are two scenes in here that are noteworthy. Um, and, and one character who's nowhere. They decided they'd make this, ooh, spooky crime horror mystery movie. It's not a mystery. I don't know who's doing it. They'd have this comic relief newspaper guy. Why is he in this movie? What What is he doing? I don't... Is he trying to be funny? He's not funny. He's not. There's nothing funny about this fucking guy. I don't know what the fucking deal is with this... Ugh, I cannot stand him. So, 
Anyway, uh, two noteworthy scenes. One, towards the beginning, this one guy has been like, Ah, oh, you've been uh, seeing my wife, eh? Well, let's see how you sleep with the fishes, eh? And they're like, I don't know, I guess I kill this guy in the jungle or something like that. And they sew his mouth shut. And you can see oh. the stitches across his mouth. And you're like, holy shit, it's a great effect for 1933. Um, then the movie goes on for about an hour and it's boring. <laughs> and then the end happens. And now, again, my roommates are not home, so I actually yelled out when I saw this. Uh, this guy is running away from tigers. There's a stupid, the earliest version of, like, a green screen sort of thing. He's not running away from tigers. He's running away from lions. Same thing. Anyway, he uh, closes the door on them. Ah, I got him now. Uh-oh. He locked himself in with a boa constrictor. What's it going to do to him? First of all, that thing bites the shit out of his leg, and you're like, ooh, that Oh, I hope this thing doesn't wrap around me really and got me with its eyes. Yeah, I hope this thing doesn't tickle my feet. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I'd be so embarrassed. I'd be trapped. I can't if I go died anywhere. Of... Oh, God, no. I'm he's... laughing so hard at tickling my feet. Oh, I can't feet. stop looking into your eyes. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, that the snake does, in fact, wrap around him, as snakes do, you know, after while it's biting onto his fucking body like that. And I yelled out, God, I really hope that's a fake body. Because it doesn't look fake at all. <laughs> so I you say, God, I wish that was me. <laughs> God, please. A roommate knocks on the door. Hey, you okay in there? <laughs> uh, about to be. <laughs> it is way too good of an effect. I hope that was a fake body or a very well-compensated stuntman. Now, I'm sure I got bad news were, about the 1930s. I'm sure stuntmen were very well-compensated in 1933. I'm sure they existed yeah, he died in, in the 1933. Yeah, Wait for the rigor mortis to set in and just throw him back in yeah. there. <laughs> anyway, Murders in the Zoo is worth it just for that scene. Parker, friend, tell me what you've seen. <laughs> Not that much. <laughs> oh my god. Let me... I closed that app a while ago. Let me reopen it. It's been more than an hour. Jesus. Uh, I said I didn't watch much. We just cut it with that if you want. Really? You don't have anything to, to mention? Not even not another teen movie? We could save that for the next one. <laughs> I mean, I watched a couple horror movies, but... <laughs> this was about you and your big special trip. You don't want to talk about Audition? Because, <sighs> look... So you and I are both very familiar with the Bravo Hunter's Scariest Movie Moments yeah. list. <laughs> what I knew about Audition was it was Japanese, mm-hmm. and there's a scene where the bag moves. Oh. That's all I knew about this nearly two-hour movie... That spends an hour being this like sweet little romance of this guy loses his wife and he's trying to get back out there in the world. And then it turns so abruptly and so ferociously. Oh my god. Like movies don't get under my skin very often. But I've not stopped thinking about it. So all I can think I, about is I, I looked up the director, Takeshi Miike or whatever. Yeah, Turns out this dude is well known for being fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> turns out when you make a hundred movies and you'll just make like i oh, yeah, sure i'll make that because he'll make just anything yeah including like you know cutesy little tv movies he doesn't care i mean that movie i don't remember Ichi- what it's called atsuka the killer or something like that where they had to hand oh, out buddy. bags. ichi the killer is or ichi the a killer. movie yeah. <laughs> that is masters of horror is just like yeah you know you can make almost any movie you want for us you know totally hands off make whatever you want his was like ah that's that's too much we can't show it (laughs) it's fucking showtime premium cable they're like oh yeah no we're not putting it on television are you fucking crazy (laughs) yeah hit that movie like i don't want to say anything because i don't want to spoil it Uh, let me you can confirm or deny two of the things i believe i saw in the scariest movie moments 
at one point, I believe she pukes into like a bowl and feeds it to him. Sure, not to him. Oh, that would be the bagman's dinner. Guess who was eating a sandwich? Because he didn't know that scene was coming. <laughs> it's this guy right here. How was the sandwich, buddy? Get some London broil on there. <laughs> Clean plate club, baby. <laughs> and uh, the other scene is there's a scene with a needle. There twisting are the needle. several needles and and wires. Yeah, I'm not really into any of that. So <laughs> yeah, say hey, neither was that guy. As it turns out, <laughs> turns out he was having a rough time. He did not have a fantastic evening with her. So, uh, how do you feel about dating? Never again. And that's the tea, sis. 